Whew, guys, all right. I watched Wrestle Kingdom and uh I got something I have to to tell y'all. All right. Go ahead. Turn turns out uh Dick Togo alive. Big Van Vader. He's dead. No. What? Oh, uh, whoa. Boy, he's the egg on my face. Are you sure you're not actually in the afterlife and have that switched around, right? Like where where in your world, Dick Togo is still very much alive and Big Van Vader is dead. But for everyone else here in normal world, Dick Togo is very much dead. I mean, Big Van Vader was dead, but Dick Togo is is also dead. I'm not sure what I'm sure of anymore, to be honest with you, Nate. Uh, my mind was blown. Dick Togo actually looks ripped. He looks great. I don't know why he's not wrestling. They might win more matches if he was. But uh, I just like to apologize to our audience because uh, I have been wrong. Now, which one of them is the one that wears the mask? Dick Togo, for sure. Okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure I didn't have him miss. You know, I had him right. Hey, boys. Uh, what's uh, what's going on? Sorry, I'm a little late to the party. Uh, everyone, cool? Uh, I I don't know who you heard, but um, Dick Togo isn't dead, and uh, Big Van Vader. Sadly, he is. I'm sorry, repeat that, please. Uh, yeah, I watched Wrestle Kingdom, and it turns out that um, Dick Togo, uh, very much alive. Big Van Vader, not so much. Are you saying that for the past year, when I have said that Dick Togo, very much alive, and the tag team titles shouldn't be the Dick Togo Memorial tag team titles, are you saying I've been right the whole time? And no one just bothered to believe me. You've been saying what now? Yeah, I never heard that. I don't know about that. You know, it's a real shame that we're all remote right now because I swear to fucking God, I would slap all of you right in the dick. <laughs> I didn't even do you. anything. Fine. In the Shut dick togo? Yes. In honor of dick togo. Boom. Right to the main roster. <laughs> right to the main roster. Exactly. <laughs> it's almost as if everyone should listen to me. Always. It's almost as if I'm pretty much always right. It's time to start the show. Has anyone heard from Erica? Is she going to be here today? <laughs> <laughs> like retribution, I'm here to destroy the show from within by becoming its champion. And as the kids on the internet would say, he's got the cake. I wish you wouldn't have said that, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) This is the saddest episode of the show ever. (laughs) Neither of you know what is going on. Erica, we need you. If you're listening. Um, After that finger point of doom of a round, we have Nate with six points. And Sean and Justin with one. I guess thank God for Hubert. Thanks for adding pressure. Um, I took away the pressure, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the One Fall Show. I'm your host, Chuck Bean, and uh, looking forward to talking about some wrestling this week. Now, obviously, there was a lot of news non-wrestling related, which kind of made wrestling kind of fall into the background for a lot of us, but that doesn't mean that stuff didn't happen to talk about and stuff 
was fairly entertaining. And that's what we're here to tell you about. I am joined, as always, by our timekeeper and uh, always a pleasure, Miss Erica Bennis. Good recovery, Mav. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, it's good to be with you guys today, especially considering the uh, the attempted coup. But hey, hey, we got a lot of shit to talk about. A lot of stuff did go down. It's all very exciting. And hey, how about that? Dick Togo alive. That's what, right. Dick, what a week. Dick Togo alive and the One Fall Show still on Twitter. So there, there you, you go. There you go. <laughs> also joined this week by one half of the Sunshine Buddies, Mr. Justin Valentine. I, I'm still kind of r- trying to wrap my head around what just happened and all that news, like everything that's happened this week in wrestling. And that, what I just heard, go really just, I don't know, it could be good. Any Royal Rumble surprise entrant, any AEW surprise from here on out will pale in comparison to how this show surprised me to start things off today yeah big big news here on the one fall show the other half of the sunshine buddies joining us as his world is turned upside down mr shawnee constant hey everybody how are you doing today i'm uh i'm vaguely prepared chuck i watched uh wrestle kingdom and i watched raw i watched aew and that was it chances of me remembering raw mm. Sketchy at best. Chances of me knowing anything about NXT or SmackDown this week, null and void. All right. I guess we'll find out. Also joining us is our multi-time One Fall Show champion. I believe our current champion as well, Mr. Nate Bender. That's right. I am fresh off of binging 13 hours consecutively of wrestling because after Wednesday, I couldn't pay attention to shit for shit. So this may be a bumpy ride for me this week, but I crammed as much as I could into as a condensed a period as I could. And now I all I just see wrestling everywhere. I walked into my building today and my 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 doorman, because I live in a very rich and illustrious building. He had, he he told <laughs> me he's got a small package for me. And it took me a minute to realize that I, I actually had to go to the mail room to pick up a package, not that he was going to try to roll me up and win the 24-7 championship. Well, I'm happy that you survived that encounter, Nate. The One Fall Show, of course, part game show and part wrestling discussion. For the game show part, we've got three rounds consisting of three questions. Each question worth one point, two points, and three points, respectively. The rounds about Raw and SmackDown, called the Smack Draw category war of AEW and NXT and of course the news and notes around the ring and boy were there some news and notes around the ring this week Nate is our returning champion where do you want to start oh god I I, I have holes in my knowledge in e- each three categories so I guess let's start with the Wednesday night war all right let's talk about AEW and NXT AEW coming to a close with Kenny Omega standing over John Moxley along with which Two tag teams. The Young Bucks and the Good Brothers. That's right. Looks like the boys are back together. What do we think about this Bullet Club reunion? I'll tell you what. It couldn't have happened on a worse night because I feel like it slipped through the cracks of all the real world news that we had to deal with. Yeah, I, I, I tried unsuccessfully to watch the night of. I ended up just getting frustrated and I couldn't pay attention. So that was one of the first ones that I watched in my binge session. 
Uh, and you know, it, it was, it was, it was a decent moment. I, I hope that that's a moment that continues to build. I hope that's not the crescendo that they had planned considering that, you know, just six months ago, everyone was on podcast shooting about how that was the plan for the first dynamite anyway. So I sort of feel like if, if that's, you know, if that's supposed to be a huge tent pole moment, you know, circumstance and real life, I think, got in the way of that. And that sucks for that moment. But I hope that it's building towards something bigger because, again, you know, we have the backdrop of of Wrestle Kingdom and everything that's going on there. What I thought was interesting about that moment, though, was that they didn't shy, you know, commentary didn't shy away from calling it Bullet Club. And and I thought that that was really interesting because of how gun shy WWE was about anything bullet club related and actually calling it bullet club. We got the club and Balor club, you know what I mean? So clearly there's some legal ownership there. And I, I am hoping that that is an indication of a new Japan crossover. My thought was it's about damn time. I think we said just last week that, you know, ever since, you know, Kenny Omega won the title and was appearing on Impact, we were waiting for more of a, you know, upfront crossover of some sort. Again, Impact wrestlers making an impact on AEW, more of them being involved in the actual Impact broadcast. So to have something like this happen to end AEW, to get the Young Bucks involved, that gives us the hint that this is going to be a consistent thing of these guys showing up on AEW, potentially now, that's going to drag AEW superstars over to Impact. Maybe they'll get involved in their six-man tag match on the Impact pay-per-view next weekend. Stuff like that. That's stuff that we were waiting to have happen. And I, I thought it was good. But again, to me, it's a few weeks too late. I feel like they dragged this on a little too much. But if it leads to fun stuff in the future, I'm all in. I've been waiting for this for about five years now. So... Uh, that extra week I had to wait didn't really hurt me too much. Uh, it was bittersweet to have that moment occur on Wednesday because it was not a moment that I could embrace and like sort of a childlike glee like I would have at any other time. But to see the the biz Cliz version, you know, minus uh, Uncle Alan all in the ring together at once was fa- fabulous. And, and And the one little joy I did get that night was sort of a uh, booking in my head while trying to go to sleep, which not real easy Wednesday, oddly enough, the assault on Washington, uh, not, not, not as good a, a lullaby as, as I would have hoped. Um, uh, the idea, like I, I would love to see going forward, even if this is a slow burn and we're not going to see the crossovers on a weekly basis, I would love to see the heel members of the bullet club start to bully dark order now and really sort of, establish them as a set of baby faces because we need to have someone to rise up to face this new conglomeration, this new oppressive. And, and I think it's going to be a slow burn. I, as Erica has said before, I think we're going to see more of the new Japan model. And I don't mind that at all. What I'm more interested in than seeing big matches or big moments is seeing progress. And that's where WWE fails to me in that you see, uh, the feud is basically uh, f- uh, face loses, f- 
there's a draw face wins. We see short versions of the match we're going to see at the pay-per-view, but without anything really happening where I say, Ooh, this is built from last week. And that's, so that's, that's what I want to see. And, and I think we will see that as I've, I've not followed the elite on, on YouTube nearly as closely as Erica has. I've probably watched, uh, you know, 50 or 60% of the episodes over 2020. But if you do follow that, they, they're, they are usually building on stories, which is great. Sometimes it may be a little bit too slow. I didn't think this was too slow. I thought the time between Kenny really solidifying himself as the cleaner, the heel, and the arrival of Biz Cliz, uh, I, I didn't think that was too long at all. So a, a couple of points. Uh, one, going back to something that Nate said regarding them actually referring to the group as Bullet Club, perhaps there is some sort of copyright thing. Um, I'm not sure quite off the top of my head, but uh, let's face it, WWE has a problem with acknowledging something really popular that has gotten over that isn't theirs. So it's not exactly shocking that they were never referred to admittedly as bullet club within the WWE uh, number two uh, regarding the slow burn of everything. Uh, just strap yourself in, get used to that. That's what this is going to be, especially now that we're officially on the road to WrestleMania. This is going to going to be counter programming. Uh, this is going to be an intense plot for the next few months. It's not all going to happen in one fell swoop. You, you just got to buckle in, wait, be patient. And, and I think the payoff, it, we are just getting started. Lastly, uh, on Shawnee's point regarding the Dark Order, I do feel like, you know, sadly, the the passing of Brody Lee has set up that faction to become a face faction. Yeah. And if you do watch BT like I do, they have been teasing for a while how Hangman Adam Page uh, is has been flirting going to the dark order and last episode they saw, you know, they have like the dark order, like headquarters within Daly's place or wherever. And, uh, you had Adam page walk in and be like, Hey, can I just sit with you guys for a little bit? Cause clearly they're out there all morning boarding Lee. So I feel like there could be a potential hangman. Adam page joins dark order. Um, obviously he's no longer in the elite. And it's Dark Order versus Biz Cliz. And that could I mean that's at least kind of what is playing out in my head. Um, once again, please be patient. I think this is going to be outstanding. I think that that's a really interesting idea. However, there's sort of this question of now that we're building Kenny as this monster heel, who this unbeatable heel. Who do you have on the other side of Kenny? Who's the next person? And that 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 very personal Hangman Adam Page rivalry, I think it's muddied a bit if he ends up joining the Dark Order. Like that's a very clean story that like Kenny Omega goes on this this path of destruction and world domination, collects all the belts, even his old tag team partner Kota Ibushi falls to him assuming that that's where they're going with it that would be nice but let, let's just assume that for a second so you have to build up something either someone that is such a monster to take kenny down or it's got to be someone from his past 
And if it's not going to be Kota Ibushi that ends up, you know, ending the reign of uh, Kenny Omega, I think the only logical candidate there is Hangman Adam Page. And and again, I just think that that whole thing gets kind of muddied if he ends up for a while joining the Dark Order. That's just my two cents on that. I think that whatever Hangman Page does, whether or not we even see him interacting with Bullet Club, I will be looking for where the story is set to meet with the Bullet Club. I mean, that's going to be obviously be be something. But I think it's exciting that we don't necessarily know. So that's where I like that the story might drag on for a whole, you know, we may be still asking some of these same questions one year for now, from now is that you, once we have the crowds back, if someone rises as an undeniable baby face, that's who you start to build the, the resistance around. But until then, I think it would probably will be a, a hangman, Adam page in the dark order. Now they may not be the ones to unseat them. May they, they may be the, the level one bosses, uh, but it would be a lot of fun, and I, I'm I'm really excited to see on a personal, uh, subjective uh, way, Colt Cabana get to do some real work against the Biz Clis, who are some of the best workers in the world. And when you get to see Colt put on uh, a you know a, a 15 20 minute match, it's a real joy. And I don't, I, I just feel like somewhere in Colt's life, that's got to be really rewarding, and that makes me feel good for him. Can one of you guys explain what BizClis is and where it came from for those of us like myself that have no idea what you're talking about? Simply stated, you know, it's just shorthand for Bullet Club. It's what Gallows and Anderson refer to it as. And it's just, you know, it, I mean, that's that's what they okay. call it. And and once again, uh, if you read in my questions, the boys, that's also a Gallows and Anderson-ism, if you will. It's got that little Kazarni spizzin on it. There. <laughs> Ew. There you go. All right. Well, let's keep on with our, that's only the first question in the show, man. We're already like 20 minutes in. Let's keep on with the game show part of our show. Nate, you've got an opportunity for two more points as we move to NXT, which two NXT superstars had big losses at New Year's Evil this week ahead of rumored main roster call-ups. Rhea Ripley uh, got defeated by Raquel Gonzalez. And hmm. I hadn't really heard about the other potential call-up, but the only one that makes sense is Damian Priest. That's what I've got here. Both Damian Priest and okay. Rhea Ripley getting up. Uh... See, because I also heard that Damian Priest's call-up got canned by Roman Reigns. Okay, I hadn't read that yet, but uh, the only talking point I have in here is, did... uh. Did Raquel Gonzalez always have an open back on a wrestling gear? Because that lady's got some <laughs> muscles. Yes, yes. And to answer your question, yes, she always has, because I've noticed that in the past as well. Just some very, very intentional shots during New Year's Evil of like, yeah. look at them back muscles. What a rad match between oh, her yeah. and, and Rhea Ripley, by the way. Like, that was just, that was such, like, they laid yeah. it in. They were stiff. Most of the spots look really, really good. Like at one point, I think I started to worry for, for Rhea after going right. through the glass. Like, Jesus, it was just like they, they, they really put on a really fantastic match. I enjoyed that. That was one of the best matches this week. 
I agree. And look, I heard about this Damian Priest rumor, what not call up. I don't think he's ready. Not necessarily him as a superstar or a character. I just don't think it's time. I have a hard time calling anyone up from NXT to WWE when I feel like they haven't done a lot in NXT. There's, a, to me, a lot of storylines, a lot of matches, a lot of title runs or whatever for Damian Priest that he can excel at in NXT. And I feel like calling him up to WWE after losing to Karrion Cross, I feel like that's just a little too soon. And I also feel like if you keep doing stuff like that, NXT is going to continue to be looked at as the minor leagues of WWE. And I kind of want to get away from that. I like I would rather them have a full run. But that's that's exactly what I'd they're doing. I'd rather have a full run, though. They did that with Dominic Dijakovic. They've done that. Dude, they've done that with the, the Forgotten Sons had like a blink in, the, in, in NXT before they called them up. This actually, they do this a lot. And what I will agree with you on is that it almost never works out for the talent who gets the small run in NXT and then bump to the main roster really quickly. It almost never works out. And and I agree with you. I think I would like to see Damian Priest at least hold the NXT title for a minute before he gets the call up. That way he at least gets the rub of being able to call himself a more than just a one-time North American champion who lost to, what was right. it, Leon Ruff? Right. My God. I started watching NXT today, and, and I, I couldn't help but think about the fact that, uh, Chuck, if you recall... Uh, during our run uh, in the first version of this show, which somebody ill-advisedly uh, deleted. Uh, he yeah, who was nameless. that dummy? He uh, wasn't. He was no $20 man, I can tell you that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the, the notion of the pipeline being overfilled was something that I, I hit on a lot. And when you combine that with the fact that a main roster call-up is almost for sure a hard restart to your career, uh, and usually in a bad way, uh, I, I have a real hard time enjoying NXT in the same way that I did when the full sale crowds were there and you felt like you were looking, you were rooting someone on to the next level of their job where I, the main roster doesn't feel like the next level of anything. Now it feels like its own pocket universe right. that I don't want to be a part of. Yeah. It's a dead end. How many times have we sat around and gone, God, I hope they don't call up. Uh, you know, Adam Cole or Kyle O'Reilly, you know what I mean? Like there are real assets that NXT has that I think, you know, the, the people at who program NXT know that those are their, their biggest assets. And so that's why they try to keep them around. Yeah. It really does feel like any main roster call-ups anymore are just dead ends. Well, and, and I mean, you talk about the fact that the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, all these guys who have been in NXT for a minute and are in the middle of JIT title runs, which means that they're not getting called up anytime soon. Like Gargano's got a title now. Adam Cole's in the middle of a storyline. You know, they're not calling him up. It's like they want to stay in NXT, which is why they. I feel like they need to re- phrase i guess the way we look at nxt and stop calling it call-ups stop calling it the minor stop treating it that way when you have some guys who are there forever who are superstars you have other guys who are in there for two weeks and they get called up for no reason and they call, get called up and then they flop so it's just a weird it's a weird thing because it used to be you know the start the first step in the door and then you move up and now it's like what the hell is it it's a kick to the main roster. It really is. 
to go. And don't forget about the guys who kick, get kicked back down too, like uh, Finn yep. Balor. Like, I don't yep. think that that should be looked at as like getting sent back to the minors. Right. Like, that, Moon. to me, with yeah, Ember Moon, great, great example. Like, I, I think that those are, you know, like when I looked at Finn Balor going back to NXT, it, I looked at it as, oh, they're trying to elevate NXT. So I don't know what the fuck they're doing anymore. All right, well, let's get to our third and final question as far as the Wednesday Night War is concerned. Nate, you've still got control of the game, and we're moving back to AEW for this one. AEW Dynamite saw the weigh-in between Darby Allen and Brian Cage before their TNT Championship match on night two of New Year's Smash, which is coming up this Wednesday. What was the weight difference between Cage and Allen? Oh, my God. Um, I know Darby was like 170, but I didn't catch what cage was um well let me say uh, before i give you the five count let me say that if you do get it wrong we'll go around if somebody nails it perfectly cool but whoever comes the closest will net the three points but without going over i assume without going over uh i'm gonna say a hundred and Eight pounds. Okay, that's not exactly correct. So we'll move it to uh, we'll move it to Justin first. You've got an opportunity to steal here. Like Nate, I binged a lot over the last twenty four hours. Um, I, I straight I, up fast forwarded this. Okay, yeah, I actually I did watch this. I feel like it was a hundred even. That actually is the correct point. Oh, hundred okay. pounds even. So Justin, you're getting three points for that one. Sting once again making the save on behalf of Darby Allen. Another slow burn in NXT, or an, I'm sorry, in AEW. What do you guys think? Where do you think this is headed? See, it's something that Shawnee said earlier that is the one bright side of AEW. Who knows? And that's a good thing. Like, a lot of these stories, and I know I say, yeah, it's a slow burn, and sometimes, yes, I'm somebody every week, I would like, even if it's a little bit, some type of progression, even if it's just a little bit. But overall, there's so many options of what AEW can do with all these slow burning storylines, whether it's Sting or whether it's with with Impact. There's so many different superstars that can get involved and take it over. So I, it looks like it's a, a mentor type thing. I, I'll reiterate what I said before. I don't want to see Sting wrestle. I really don't. I feel like that takes away from the mysterious, intimidating vibe that he has so far because we know damn well he can't go the way he used to. So the second he gets in the ring and he's slower, he gets hurt, something like that, then it takes away from that intimidating vibe that he has when he comes out. But I love the pairing of him and Darby Allen. I would like for it to be a creepy manager mentor type thing and leave it at that. Maybe, you know, hit a couple people with the bat when he's, you know, getting attacked three on one, but the extent of it, I don't want to see him in the ring. I, I need like, here's the problem. He keeps doing the same goddamn thing every single week. I agree with you, Justin. I don't want to see him in the ring either, but don't just have like the lights go off and they're like the, the announcers go, what's happening now? You Fucking no! You've seen it for the last six fucking weeks. The snow machines have already turned on. I can hear it in your microphone. You know exactly what's happening. Just start going, it's sting! And just get get it over with. Fuck. Like, 
like I don't understand why they still keep treating him as this big mystery. He's come out. He's hugged Tony in the middle of the ring. He's Sting, man. He's the human being Sting. He's also the the phenom Sting all at the same time. And it's just, what are you doing? I'm not being impatient, but when it's the same fucking thing week over week, like, (laughs) am I supposed to be impressed by this? Like, that's that's now where I'm at. I'm like, okay, yeah, I know it's Sting. Right when the lights go out, I know it's Sting. You know why? Because no one else enters like that. No one. No one on their entire fucking roster, (laughs) except for Cody, enters like that. That's it. So it's either Cody or it's Sting. Yeah, 50-50 shot. What the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want Nate on commentary next week. <laughs> um, I, the only thing I'll say about Sting is there were some interviews. Uh, it sounds like he will uh, almost assuredly be involved in uh, cinematic matches uh, in some capacity and i have a feeling we won't see him take any kind of bump any anything more than you know maybe an Aaron anderson would uh in terms of live in-ring performances but i, I think you are going to see cinematic matches and if you're not down with that um you, you, you know then they got two words but really i mean we don't know i i like the cinematic stuff they've done in aew but we don't know how they really would you know will they be great at putting on a, a cinematic match or not it's still a pretty undiscovered territory and um you know that's exciting but i'm loving the product they have now in ring so uh you know they really have to nail it to not feel like it's uh that it's it's out of place and i always thought it was super weird like i always imagined being in a live audience and having to watch a cinematic match like could you imagine justin if you had to watch like the middle uh seven minutes of the second quarter on the screen instead of right in the dome it's really weird and that's where i think cinematic matches for everybody should go away because we're going to slowly start getting crowds back. AEW has some form of crowds back. Get rid of cinematic matches. That worked because we had no live crowds because we were in a pandemic. Yes. As crowds start to come back, I don't want to see that anymore. I don't. Absolutely. That is, that is 100% right. And I've been to two wrestling events where I watched at least a good portion of it on a fucking screen. I was at Halloween Havoc where they did the goddamn monster truck battle on the top of Kobo and all everyone in the arena, no one was cheering. We were just all sitting there patiently. Like really, <laughs> really? And then the other one was, was uh SmackDown taping like two years ago where like we were actually even sitting pretty close, like near the rampway and two thirds of that show were either in the back or they were promos or it was fighting at the announcer's desk, which we couldn't see. And it was just it like, like, this is not what I want from a fucking, yeah. you know, night out or a wrestling uh, event. It, it sucks. My only frustration with AEW isn't that they got the storylines. They got the moments that are there that keep you there. But I feel like the process to get there is rough. I think I feel like the process in their uh, matches, I feel like it's the same thing leading to whatever result I, you know so every now and then high impact matches where it's like there's a like there's numerous near three falls and 
over and over. That's like every match, and it gets old for me. Where oh, it's over, it's over. No, it's not. Oh, it's over and over. No, it's not. And I, I still to this day feel like that announced team sucks at selling moments. And I feel like that's what struggle, what you struggle with with Sting, Nate, because you're right. It's the same thing as last week. So they should play on that. That oh, we know what this is that kind of thing, but instead they get all stupid about it, screaming. And honestly, I'm getting sick of Jericho on commentary. He's as bad as any of them. What's going on? What the hell is this? Like, all right, can you sell this a little bit? Just a little bit. Sell the damn storyline. I wonder if because, because I make it appointment TV every week. Like that's the one thing I watch as presented in real time. And uh, I, I love Jericho on commentary. I do agree that the commentary team isn't great. Uh, but uh, after listening to the New Japan uh, English-speaking commentary, I realized that it's a lot better than I give it credit for because that, that one was rougher for me. All right, well, that's going to wrap up our first round, only the first round of this week's One Fall Show. Erica, where do the points stand at the end of round one? Well, after I mean, look... We told you a lot of shit happened this week. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about. So yeah, yeah. This is going to happen, you guys. Uh, we got Nate and... Let's just breathe over there, WWE. There you go. Uh, we got Nate and Justin tied with three points each. Shawnee has yet to be able to answer a question, so hence why he doesn't have any points, but he will kick off round two. All right, Shawnee. Our second round will either be the news and notes around the ring or the Monday night and Friday nights of Raw and SmackDown. Smack Raw. Where do you want to go? Um, I'm going to go ahead and try Smacked Raw. I want to see if I remember anything from Raw this week. I appreciate you uh, playing playing with your own memory here. All right. For our first question here, uh, Legends Night on Monday Night Raw ended with the WWE, which WWE legend challenging Drew McIntyre for his title at the Royal Rumble? Uh, I saw Goldberg make a challenge, but I didn't see the WWE legend. Who was that, Chuck? <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. It was, in fact, Goldberg. Oh my god, that's great! And uh, fuck off, WWE. <laughs> fuck all the way no. off. This is exactly why I didn't watch Legends Night. Fuck all the way off. I don't. I, now I don't want to watch Royal Rumble. Thanks. Yeah, I saw Justin earlier in the week uh, in passing at yeah. work, and uh, he. I, I asked him how excited he was for Goldberg, and your answer. Absolutely not, Chuck. Not at all. Is anybody? <laughs> now, my, my single least favorite match of all time was the squash of Goldberg against uh, sweet baby uh, Darling KO when he was sweet heel Darling <laughs> KO and uh, fuck Goldberg. And, uh, you know, this is for me, I, I, I'm not angry like Nate is, but I will say when Roman Reigns was running the main event for about three years and it was just match after match. I, I don't, I don't give, I don't give a damn about fucking Bork. I don't give a damn about Goldberg. Uh, I, I, I just, I would watch every pay-per-view knowing full well that whatever the uh, sub headliner was, was the, when I was done, like I was done cheering. And then at that point, the main event goes on in the background and I just ignored that title for like, like I said, about three years because I did not like Roman in the ring one bit, and I didn't give a damn about any of the opponents they were putting in front of him. I feel like this is just an little slap in the face because I haven't met one WWE fan on social media or in person who is excited about seeing Goldberg over the last few years. And to put him again in a title match, 
It's WrestleMania season. I have a bad feeling that they're going to have him take the title off of Drew so he can headline WrestleMania. And again, it's just an intentional slap in the face to start this damn new year where I just said last week they need to use this Royal Rumble pay-per-view and the new year to really get shit going because AEW knows what the hell is going on and what people want to see and giving it to us. And here's WWE saying, here's Goldberg. Hasn't it been like a year and a half since he almost killed Mark Calloway? What the? I mean, yeah. that he's gotten stronger since then. Well, and and that's the thing. Like, who who has had objectively worse matches in the last three years than Goldberg? Absolutely no one, Chuck. <laughs> Seriously, like there there is like every match that he has been a part of has been a fucking disaster. And I mean, I guess the common denominator has got to be the guy who never learned how to fucking work properly in the first place. Right. Well, the point is, is the guy can't put on more than a 10 minute match. So whether he's losing or winning, his match is going to go five minutes. It's going to consist of four to five spears. And then if he's going to lose, he's going to take the, uh, the opponent's signature move once or twice. And that's your damn match. And this is exactly why I didn't tune into Legends Night, because if you're going to keep putting this bullshit up, I and think thinking or hoping that it's going to pop a rating, I'm not going to give you the benefit of my fucking eyeballs at all. I refuse to watch this program. Such garbage. Fuck this company. Just fuck. Fuck everything. Yeah, they've been they've been gaming us with. Uh, gimmick pops that they had no intention of having long-term ramifications in a, in a real and entertaining yep. way for so long that it's just, uh, it, it's, it's really uh, a, a thumb to the eye of uh, week to week, always on board wrestling fans and, and fuck Goldberg. <laughs> All right. A bunch of huge Goldberg fans here on the one fall show. I'm sure we'll be talking about him for weeks to come. Shawnee, you got that one right, which scored you a point. Let's see if you can nail two more points with this next question. Going back to Legends Night, during the night, Tori Wilson tricked Angel Garza into a confrontation with the boogeyman by telling him Cardi B was in the room. Cardi took to Twitter, wondering why her name was popping up with WWE stuff, and ended up in an exchange and a little bit of beef with which classy lady from Monday Night Raw? Oh, no. I, I'm going to have such a hard time remembering her name. Um, I hate this. I hate this. Uh, she's the Southern Belle. She was in the Marines. She's got the blonde hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she Here. wins with the women's right when she wins. Um, Lacey Evans. Hey, look at that. I was gonna say, you know, a lot of bullshit. Spraying, spraying and praying with those uh with those hints to finally hit the bullseye on it. Yes, Lacey Evans and Cardi B uh going at it on Twitter. I don't think uh there's much to talk about here other than the fact that uh none of us really enjoyed Legends Night. Though I will say, I think my favorite appearance at Legends Night was probably Teddy Long because he tried to make a match. With the Undertaker player, and then somebody had to tell him that that's you, you can't do that. He's he retired. Erica, I will say the only good thing out of this Cardi B situation is the fact that oh cool WWE actually made a pop culture reference that is actually relevant and didn't go to Jerry Springer again. So hey, I once again trying to find something positive. All right, well if nobody's got anything else, then let's keep going. Don't want to see her at WrestleMania either. By the way. Don't do it. Lacey Evans stinks. 
All right, for our third and final question, Shawnee, for three points, we're talking about SmackDown's main event this week, a fantastic gauntlet match for the number one contender for Roman Reigns' title at Royal Rumble. For one point each, what was the order of eliminations in this match? Uh, I did not see the match, uh, so I'm going to say um, Big E, Daniel Bryan, and uh, you mentioned him earlier, the Boogeyman. Boogeyman, yeah. Unfortunately, none of those men were in this match, but great guess. I, I appreciate the uh, I appreciate you giving it a try. Uh, let's move it over to Justin. Justin, uh, give me the for one point each the order of eliminations in SmackDown's main event this week. Rey Mysterio eliminated Sami Zayn. Shinsuke eliminated Ray, and then King Corbin, and then Brian. Yeah, Daniel Bryan, and then Adam Pierce beat Shinsuke. Is that right? That's exactly how it went down. So, Scrap okay. Daddy, Adam Pierce going to the Royal Rumble to face Roman Reigns <laughs> this week. Where do you guys think this is headed? I, honestly, I don't know if Shinsuke is going to be more involved because he's got a match with Uso again next week, or I don't know if they're going to get someone else involved to take Adam Pierce's spot. Something like that. I feel like it isn't just going to be a straight match. Even if it does get all the way to the Royal Rumble, I think there's going to be some swerve leading to something else. So I'm going to stay optimistic about this storyline that way. It was something that I didn't expect. I will give them that. It was a little like unpredict that unpredictability. It isn't just a Kevin Owens. Because I thought going into this match, oh, Daniel Bryan's probably winning that because you know that would make sense, you know, because of his history with Roman. And then all of a sudden he's got this beef with Adam Pierce. So I want to keep that optimism there when it comes to uh, this storyline. That it's however it goes, it's going to lead to a swerve that'll lead to something for Roman uh, on the Romeo. Is is it just me, or does this kind of reek of like Paul Heyman going to Vince and going like it'll pop the smart marks? Like it, you know what I mean? Like that that to me seems like like. Heyman, Heyman has his mitts in clearly what is going on with Roman and that whole storyline because of what he's doing on uh, Talking Smack, right? Like all of the character development that they're doing on Talking Smack actually is making Talking Smack kind of necessary television to really get the complete story picture of what's happening with SmackDown. And I think that that's really cool. We all thought it was cool before they canceled Talking Smack, by the way. I don't know what the fuck that was. Very good point. Yeah, right. Very good point. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, is that, you know, it it really does like right down to the to to when Heyman was was cutting the promo on him and he called him Scrap Daddy Adam Pierce. Like those little references going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show with the Bullet Club and all of that, those references usually get glossed over or completely steamrolled out of the storyline. And I think it's really interesting that Heyman at least has the presence of mind to go, let's make this a part of the storyline. So because that's that's what got me interested. I was like, oh, wait, they. They actually reference Scrap Daddy like that's all right. Like I'm I'm in for this. So, you know, like weirdly, I know that this is going to be a gimmick match when it comes time for Royal Rumble. But weirdly, it's one of the things that I'm most looking forward to, not only because it's attached to the most compelling storyline that's happening in WWE right now, but also they pop the smart mark. 
I wish that uh, SmackDown would go to it, it would be exper- and I guess because it's on Fox, you'd have a hard time doing this. But I don't think it's unrealistic. Give every wrestler a writer that you work with, like Roman works with Heyman, and it, it let them at least tell some of their own story within the context. And I think SmackDown is an amazing show. It's got a great cast. It's, uh, it's always to me been the better show than Raw since uh the split over to fox and i i like when they do stuff like this because it's not just the same it's so formulaic on raw to the to the pay-per-views it's 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 a dragon you know we've complained a billion times about how the three hours is just too damn long and that remains true but i would just if if, if they could just get a little more versatility you know and not and and not have to be like I'm I'm this clown king character that uh, that Vince McMahon created, right? Like, let let him be a little bit of Baron Corbin, you know, whatever that is, because uh, that would satisfy me more. It would be more entertaining to me than watching them try to like enact these very enforced scripts. Dude, Baron Corbin is like a whipped dog. He did that stint as the Raw GM, and you could see that they took all of the creativity out of him in that position. And now he's just like, yeah, you want to put me in King gear? Fine, whatever. I'll do it. Where's my paycheck? Yep. I have no idea how much of Baron Corbin is actually left in King Corbin today. WWE creates actors playing wrestlers, not professional wrestlers. Yes, Yes, you are right. That is a hundred percent correct. Yeah. Well, it's, it's exactly what they did to Kane. When Kane came in, he had this awesome storyline mask and the mystery and all that and then the mask came off and then he became the corporate stooge and then like you said like just like with corbin the creativity went away so i'm glad to see with roman they're not doing something similar like that by throwing a curveball of he's facing adam pierce at the royal rumble what the no one predicted that shit that's what we want that uh, honestly i would rather a curveball fail than uh, a predictable match be garbage yeah. like we expected. I would rather go to the Royal Rumble and have this fail, but you know what? They tried something different. They threw curveball, wasn't expected, unpredictable, and they're at least trying something. It's not the same old shit. I was really excited to see Nakamura pretty much run that match. Yeah. Uh, it, it felt like a, a bit of a push that I wish he could have gotten for years now. And uh, I, I'm surprised that none of you guys uh, clued into while it was going on. I started doing the math and going, hey, wait a second. You know what's after Royal Rumble? Elimination Chamber. And we need five guys to be in that against Roman Reigns. So let's see. Jay and Nakamura and... Hey, Kevin Owens could come back by then. And oh, okay, I see why that we've got a four or five man match going on today. So you're thinking Elimination Chamber is going to become a rogues gallery for Roman to try to survive? Yeah, through. absolutely. I think he's going to have Jay Uso in there as the one guy that's going to be on his as side. As the one backup. But then yeah. you're going to have these three or four other dudes like Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Kevin Owens that are all looking for his head. Yeah. That's a rad storyline, actually. Like, I, I could I could get into right. that. That seems really, really cool. By the way, also, the one thing I wanted to mention really quick was Shinsuke and Daniel Bryan. That was phenomenal. I love that. I loved right down to the handshake at the end. The one person I'm worried for out of that is Cesaro. Yes. Where's That's Cesaro? True. Why hasn't he been on my why hasn't he been on my television in, in like six weeks? You know, uh, 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 Cesaro to AEW confirmed. Um, break my heart. <laughs> right. Break my fucking heart. <laughs> Right here. 
I, I look. All right, I, Erica, oh, come on. If he it. if he showed up in AEW as Claudio Castagnoli, you would lose your goddamn mind, just like I would. Oh my god, yeah. it would be the greatest thing ever. Because one, if he can get over with the crowd, he can get the push. Yeah, and he's the best technical worker in the United States. Yep. And of course, uh, Eddie Kingston said he's like a big dumb dog. <laughs> So I, he needs to get, extract his pound of flesh. Oh man, Erica repping the Eddie Kingston T-shirt uh, today while we we're recording. Erica, we're at the end of the second round. Where are the points stand? Uh, actually, before I even go into that, um, how many points was that last question that Justin got correct? Because you said for one point each, and it felt like what sure. the hell happened there, buddy? Just so I get the math. One, two, three, four, five so points. Five, five points okay. on that one. Hold, please. The new year, we got new uh, new point totals on some of these questions. Just having some fun. Oh, my well, anyway, so we well we got Justin in the lead with eight points, and we got Nate and Shawnee tied with three. Now, how would you like to determine who gets to uh, lead off uh, round three? Because I don't want to be I don't want to be accused of of collusion. Clearly, it's me. <laughs> that's a fantastic question i'll tell you what i've got a spare bonus question that we'll see if uh we'll just put it between nate and uh and shawnee and move forward we won't even discuss it so shawnee we'll we'll start with you and, and because nate was talking about talking smack uh we'll see if you watch talking smack this week during a heated moment on talking smack paul Heyman uh jokingly said they should replace kayla braxton with whom uh, Chuck, if you wanted to know if I watched Talking Smack, you could have just asked if I watched <laughs> Talking Smack. <laughs> did you watch Talking Smack this week? No, I did not. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Hey, sh- hey, do you have the answer to that question there? Nate? I sure don't. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So I've accomplished no, I, nothing. I, I'm, I'm just joking. It's Renee Young. It is. Yeah, he actually. Uh, there, it's. I'm glad you brought up the talking smack is starting and is turning back into uh, almost necessary viewing because between raw talk and talking smack, you can pretty much get the highlights of what you missed on a three or two hour show, as well as some pretty excellent storytelling. I got to say, yeah. I'm not as big of a fan of raw talk just because no, me neither. Like it seems like a little less organized. Like I think Paul Heyman does a really good job sort of corralling, you know, what do they have to get across in this episode? I think that that's uh, that that's a very good point. Yeah, well, over on Raw Talk, whenever Mustafa Ali shows up, you know you're probably going to hear something pretty cool. And uh, you know, over on Talking Smack, you got Paul Heyman the whole time. All right, we're going to the news and notes around the ring, and because this past week was Wrestle Kingdom, it's going to be all Wrestle Kingdom. Every question, and we're just going to start with Shawnee because because uh, I I know that he watched Wrestle Kingdom. I got so that question just- right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you dude, ass? I don't know. <laughs> Chuck's just speaking of curveballs. Chuck's just whipping them. Up yeah, there, no, that's, my, that's my curveball. <laughs> you know what, though? Uh, let, let the points reflect that Nate did get that question right. You, you can give him, you can give a uh, bonus point for one, that one. Just no, one that bonus point. point. Just one. Just one bonus point. Chuck's just gone rogue. Chuck's just waiting. What is this? Show, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for the next uh, question, Chuck. All right. Today. Talking about uh, talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom. Which roster member has an uncertain future with a company following his loss at Wrestle Kingdom 15? Uh, that would be Jay White, Chuck. Yes, that is correct for one point. Uh, the current online rumors say that uh, WWE has a strong interest in Jay White. Oh, God, no. What do you What do you guys <laughs> want to see for him as future? AEW, are you out of your fucking mind? God, please don't let him go to WWE. 
He may be able to do good in NXT for a little bit, but as we have already laid out, that is not a guarantee of anyone's future in that company. Go to AEW. Please, for the love of God, go to AEW. Look, if you're looking at which company obviously is better and prettier to be at, yes, it's AEW. But you also, everyone's going to AEW right now. They got a lot going on over there. And it's very easy if too many people from New Japan or people who leave WWE or Impact, whatever, now they got Impact involved. And if, if they do a crossover with New Japan, there's a lot going on. And it's a very good chance and very easy that you get lost in the shuffle there. I would say NXT. You said it. I, I would say NXT, especially if they're trying to call people up too quick. They're going to need to filter in new storylines and new people there. I wouldn't say specifically WWE like the main roster. I think NXT would be a good fit. I heard Ring of Honor freed up some uh, contract money in a roster spot. All that money goes to Danhausen, Chuck. <laughs> oh, that's fair. No, that's fair. I get that. If you want to make $35,000 and a bologna sandwich, sure, work for Ring of Honor. Yeah, bologna's wow, good, that contract fair. is specific to me. <laughs> I do want to make $35,000 in a bologna sandwich. Yeah, That would be an upgrade. <laughs> that is two <laughs> things on my wish list. All right, Shawnee. Uh, let's let's move on to our second question as we talk about wrestle. I'm sorry, Erica. I'm sorry. I wasn't. I was looking at the questions. Go ahead. I know. Well, just one more thing. New Japan is very good at working people. Uh, this could all just be, you know, like Jay White's all sad and this, that, and the other thing. Uh, he could just stay with New Japan because, as far as pure scoundrel heels go, Jay White is the best in all of wrestling, and. I, I forget this fact because he's he's only 28 years old. He's only 28 years old, and he really only started wrestling like six, seven years ago. He's so good already, and he has so much time left. I hope he's I, I hope he stays in New Japan. I hope it's a work and he stays there because one, yeah, AEW is getting crowded, and two, WWE's going to ruin him. They will ruin yeah. him. They have a bad track record with New Japan guys. Nakamura, good brothers. AJ's done okay, mm -hmm. but you know, good for him. But like, no, stay away from Connecticut. They're in Florida right now. Well, title of our episode: Stay away from Connecticut. All right, moving on <laughs> to our second question in this uh, around the ring segment. Shawty, Kota Ibushi already has a challenger for the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships. Who is it? I know the answer to this, Chuck. Turns out he's still alive. It's Dick Togo. Oh, that is so insane. While you are correct that Dick Togo is still alive, as we've learned, he is not actually the answer to this question. I can tell you it's definitely not Big Van Vader because it turns out that Big Van Vader has passed away. That's that is true. No, it's not Big Van Vader. All right, Nate, you've got an opportunity to steal a couple of points here. Who is the new challenger for uh, Kota Bushi's IWGP heavyweight and IC championship? I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. I haven't uh, heard this. Uh, I'm going to guess Tanahashi. That's not who I have here, though. That would be a fantastic grouping of matches. It'd be fun. Hey, Justin. If Justin, what, who, who's, if Justin gets this, who's the challenger? If Justin gets this right, I will double the points to four points because I will. Collusion. Collusion. Hold on. Okay, bitch, <laughs> bitch, you messed that up. I counted on you, man. Come on. Both of them. <laughs> Both of them. Hold on. I got to look under my desk to see if I have this. 
No, no, no. Look no. it up on your phone. No, my phone's right here. I just, I, I legitimately looked under my desk to see if the answer was under there. It wasn't. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The answer was Sonata. You guys, uh, I know, uh, Shawnee. That's a more Chuck. <laughs> I know you guys watch Wrestle Kingdom. Nate, I think you watched some of it. Tell me all about it, man. What were the good stuff? Should I just talk for the next 10 minutes? Tell me about Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi um, is a machine. He's so long overdue, so well-deserved. I'm so happy for him. He may have entered like a goddamn champ. I know he's looking to unite those belts, and I don't know how they're going to do it. Once again, we're just going to have to kind of wait and see. Uh, the undercard on night one was kind of underwhelming for me. Uh, really, the the matches that stood out was um, obviously Kota versus Naito, which was awesome. And once again, can't get through a Kota Ibushi match without him you know, being dropped on his head at least twice and scaring the piss out of everyone. Um, he's just remarkable. At least one of those was protected though. Like the, the dive that he took, like right. it, they, they made a bigger deal out of, uh, out of it on commentary. Cause I actually rewound to take a look at it. Like he actually, he got his hands up and protected himself. Either way, it's frightening. And it's just like, uh, Coda's going to Coda. Um, the, the, true. the Okada match against Will Ospreay. I thought it was very good. I, I wasn't exact. I wasn't, surprised at the outcome uh but you know it's two of the best wrestlers in the world going at it and that's always great the four matches that led in you know at at the end of night two all of them were outstanding that shingo jeff cobb match holy shit was that incredible really good so good really good um the only gripe i have with evil versus sonata one, the fact that Sonata went over and he's going to be challenging Coda, I think is great. I'm very much looking forward to his push because he's just outstanding in the ring and just incredibly athletic talent. And look, I understand Bullet Club, you know, does all sorts of like sneaky bullshit and stuff. I just feel like it really took away from the match where they kind of leaned on the shenanigans too much because if they would have just mm -hmm. let Evil and Sonata go... Uh, just a with a little less interference, I think it just would have made for a better match. Hiromu winning the title, of course. Like, Hiromu is just outstanding and just so fucking weird. And him in his goddamn blanket robe looks like an acid trip. I love him so much, and I want the world for him. As for Jay White and Coda, I mean, it was the match that I, you know, Nothing really shocked me, but it was just solid. It was great storytelling. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Jay White. I'm interested to find out. And I'm interested to find out how long Coda's run at the top is going to be because it has been long overdue. I agree with you that uh, that Shingo and Jeff Cobb was maybe the match of the the whole night. It was it was really, really, really good. I'm starting to pick, like, the more that I watch New Japan, I'm starting to pick up on patterns between certain wrestlers and just the way that that matches are booked the Kota Ibushi Jay White I I had to start fast forwarding the last like maybe 15 minutes because it was just do a move sell like death for 90 seconds do another move reverse a finisher attempt a finisher do a finisher kick out at two and a half you know, sell for another 90 seconds. Like it was it, it, like I, it, it started to get 
very repetitive. And and I get that they were trying to build drama. But at some point, I was just looking at my watch like, I've got to run errands. I've got shit I got to do. But it was still like those guys definitely put on a fantastic match. I also really liked the the battle royale that started the the very the very first night. You know, we got a little bit of uh, Minoru Suzuki in there. We got a little bit of Ishii. Um, so you know, we even got Tiger Mask. So like, I I I thought that that was a lot of fun. It was certainly better than the way that they started off night two with a a, a Toru win. I don't understand that. Why does that keep happening? It's like it's 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 a it's like a meme that I just don't understand or that I don't think is funny. I'm like, oh, that's the fifth fucking time I've seen this happen. So, yeah, no, I, I think that this was overall a good event. Uh, everyone really performed their their ass off. But I have been more absorbed in Wrestle Kingdom's uh, past last year. I got so caught up in Wrestle Kingdom the year that it was Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. I got really caught up in Wrestle Kingdom. Didn't find that this year. I don't know if that had to do with, uh, you know, because I, I watched it late. I didn't watch it live. So I don't know if it had to do with some of the circumstances of the week. But yeah, I just I struggled to get into it. I do agree with Nate that, yeah, I have been more taken with previous Wrestle Kingdoms. Um, but it was still, I mean, there was still excellent action. Uh, you had John Moxley pop up via yeah. video. Um, obviously he's going to be facing Kenta, uh, for the IWGP. Well, you know, Moxley's still the IWGP us, uh, heavyweight champion. Uh, who knows when and where that's going to take place. So that's another thing to look forward to. It once again, it's all very exciting. It's all exciting. I don't know what's going to happen. And isn't that, and once again, we've touched on this before. Isn't that the most fun where you're like, I just, there's so much and I just don't know. And you just have to wait and see. So huzzah for that. I had not uh, seen this new monster they have over there. The great Okan. Uh, I love his visual presentation. He's a lot of fun. I have no idea what they've been doing with him, but I will be watching him going forward because it's it's just a very interesting character to see. And uh, I agree with you that uh, Hiromu Takahashi is like a, a gift to the world. He is, he is just this pure joy. I absolutely love him. All right, well, let's move on to our third and final question in this particular uh, news and notes around the ring, special New Japan Pro Wrestling version. Uh, the final question, which I believe goes to Shawnee, is that uh, while Kota Bushi became the IWGP heavyweight and IC champ in one of the most high-profile title changes at Wrestle Kingdom 15, there were two other title changes. Name the titles and their new holders. The uh, never open weight, is that what it's called? The Was that the one that uh, Shingu was facing? Was that Shingu versus Jeff Cobb? I'm not sure. I may be describing an alternate reality. Okay, well, that one wasn't one of them. So, Nate, you've got an opportunity to uh, steal some points here. What were the two other title changes at uh, Wrestle Kingdom? So, I know Gorillas of Destiny beat uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi. Yep, that's one of them. Okay. Um, punchable face on uh, that Tai Chi. Yeah. Oh, very punchable. I I'm, noticed he looks a little bit like Joey Buttafuoco, which is super weird. Was 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 it the Hiromu Taishi Ishimori match that had a championship change? I'm going to let Erica uh, confirm this one, but I think that's correct. 
That is correct. Nate gets uh, full credit. Three points to Nate. Yeah, it was the uh, Gorillas yeah, of Destiny job. one and, the, and Hiromu Takahashi winning the junior heavyweight champion. Uh, do you guys have anything else you want to talk about, Russell Kingdom Mark? Someone had even we, mentioned uh, it. Yeah, I was I was kind of <laughs> curious because it, it happened. <laughs> somebody mentioned it. So I'm like, I wonder if anyone's going to remember. They just mentioned it. Show's gone long and I'm getting more <laughs> high, Chuck. <laughs> I was hoping it was going to come to me because I was going to shock you guys with, with that, that one. one. Like, just I remember listening that. to the conversation. <laughs> Actually, before we move into Final Fall, Justin, do you have anything to say about uh, Wrestle Kingdom? Look at the team? smile on that kid's face. He had a great time at Wrestle Kingdom. Look, I do not. Thanks for asking. I thought I just wanted <laughs> you to you ask. You guys, you guys covered it all. Can I tell you though, who did get my attention sure. for the first time is uh, El Fantasmo. I thought yeah. that match was great. He that he was, was a great match. He was particularly really good, and I was like, why have I not been paying attention to where what this guy has been doing? It's uh, he's he's great. He's really good. I'm sorry, I took a bite of food because I thought you were going to talk longer. <laughs> No, that's all I had to say. Sorry. It's, he's just excellent. He's great. Just now he's on my radar. He's going to be, he's going to be one where I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch his match. Erica, we had into the. Yeah, it's a great call. That ma- that match all around was, was excellent and sort of uh, grabbed my attention in a way that I go ahead. Now that I've chewed and swallowed it, go ahead and keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Phrasing. Talk with your mouth full. Phrasing. <laughs> Know, now on. that we've gotten through our three rounds, Erica, give us the point totals as we head into the final fall. We got a tight game, my friend. Uh, Shawnee with four points, followed by Nate with seven, Justin with eight. Let's do yeah, this. Yeah, it's a very close game here on the one fall show. Our final fall worth 10 points will be much like a question. If this is a Russell Kingdom question, I'm going to be so much mad. Like a question during a previous round will be uh, by Price's Right rules, which means you need to be the closest to the number without going over instead of having you guys uh private message me i'll just go around the room uh erica once again who what are the point totals so i can get this correct uh it's shawnee with four nate with seven justin with eight shawnee justin okay so we'll go in reverse order with who's got the most points to uh to do the guesses so we'll start with you justin you're gonna love this kota ibushi Wrestled two incredible main event matches at Wrestle Kingdom 15. He had a bout against Jay White, becoming the longest match to ever take place in the Tokyo Dome. Without going over, guess the combined time in minutes and seconds that Kotobushi wrestled in both matches at Wrestle Kingdom. All right. Um, let's do let's do an hour, an hour 40 minutes and 28 seconds. Let me write that down. So technically that's, uh, wait, a hundred minutes. Give me like minutes. Oh, I'm sorry, minutes. Yeah. Well, minutes. Okay, a hundred minutes and 28 seconds. Okay. Uh, then we'll go to Nate, correct? Uh, yes, dear. That okay, is correct. Just wanted to be sure. Nate, uh, what is your guess? Oh. Man, now I feel bad for fast-forwarding parts of this <laughs> because I didn't the get a real sense <laughs> of how long the time was. Um, uh, let's go 77 minutes and 35 seconds. All right. And then, Shawnee, your guess. 
Uh, 101 minutes, Chuck. I appreciate that. (laughs) Just like the Dalmatians. Yep, just like the Dalmatians. Well, the official time was 79 minutes and 23 seconds. Oh, shit! Which means that uh, I believe Nate is the closest. I was the only one that didn't go over. It's true. I was really hoping, I honestly, I was really hoping Shawnee would be like uh, 77 minutes and 36 seconds. <laughs> you should have done the dick prices right thing, man. I did it Damn. on Justin because I thought it was longer. Yeah. I, I'm shocked to hear that yeah, it was I'm, 70 minutes. I'm thinking record. Like the longest match in Dome history, it seems to me, has to be like at, like at least a 50 minute match, maybe 105. Yeah, wait a minute. So, like, like long ass matches. So, is the <sighs> yeah, I feel like I watched Kenny Omega and and uh, fucking uh, Kazuchika Okada minutes. for two and a half hours. You need to tell <laughs> oh, yeah, me that one was, yeah, that that wasn't at Tokyo Dome. Oh, that was, I believe that, yeah, that wasn't at Tokyo Dome, that was at Dominion. And I forgot the venue, but it was not the Tokyo Dome. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm right. shocked that I saw something that wasn't at the Tokyo Dome at that particular time. Well, putting 10 points on top of Nate's uh, already middling points, I believe, puts him at the top of the heap for this week's One Fall Show. Another victory. This is some bullshit. This is some bullshit. This is a new year. The new year. And we need a fucking change of pace on this show. I don't know what the hell is going on. But just between you and I, we got to step our game up. Because I am sick and tired of Nate the Hate winning this game week after week after week. Oh, wow. We're the WWE of this show. All right. To your corners, everybody. We need need to pull an Adam Pierce. To your corners. To your corners. Uh, Nate, we'll start with you with 60 seconds on the clock. Let us know if we missed anything or, you know, just revel in your victory. You're right. It is a new year and the same domination continues. That's because greatness just continues to compound on greatness. And I am proud to be the one fall show champion uh, because, of course, you know what? I have to justify cramming that many hours of watching wrestling uh, into such a small period of time. And it paid off, baby. Woo! Oh, all right. Uh, Shawnee, you, you, you seem very upset by this week's uh, by this week's loss. Go ahead. You got 60 seconds on the clock. Let the uh, let the listeners know where your mind's at. I mean, I have to hate it to Nate. He 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 won again, and uh, I just think it's. I, I think the people want to hear something different. I think someone want to hear a different centerpiece on this show, and uh, I think that one of us is going to have to rise to that occasion. I don't know if it's going to be me, Shawnee Constant, the twenty dollar man. I don't know if it'll be uh, that other kid over there, uh, but someone's got to do something. And hope there's more questions about uh, New Japan in twenty twenty one. I I've enjoyed getting on board, and I'd like to start to match uh erica passion for passion a little bit more it's fun to hear her get fired up for the show and uh i'm gonna i'm hoping to get involved with that all right and finally 60 seconds to that kid over there yeah i I love i love that that's good um i i will say my new year's resolution is again to get more knowledge in new japan that is the one thing that nate has over me every week that's where he gets me um Congrats to Nate. Two things I want to bring up from SmackDown real quick. Number one, Shinsuke Nakamura getting that little push. It looked like he might have been the guy getting challenged. I'm glad that he's not, not because of Adam Pierce per se, but just because of the fact that it would be random. If we want to push Shinsuke again, awesome. But the guy's been not barely on TV as of late in a random tag team with Cesaro that was never used. It would have been weird to all of a sudden this week 
He's got a world title shot against Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. That would have been a little weird to me, but if we're gonna, I, I'm all for pushing him there for around the way. Secondly, Sonia Deville as Adam Pierce's assistant again only pushes the fact that she is winning the Royal Rumble for me this year. All right, excellent, Erica. Was there anything you wanted to let the listeners know it before we uh, take off for this week? Uh, just briefly, uh, some news broke uh, before we started recording uh, the match uh, against Thunder Rosa and uh, Britt Baker won't be taking place at uh, Dynamite this week due to Thunder Rosa coming in contact with somebody who's tested positive with for COVID-19. Uh, I just wish that that person who has COVID-19 uh, well, and I wish Thunder Rosa well, and hopefully she, you know, quarantines and is healthy and she tests as negative and we see her back real soon because we all love her and hope the best for her. That's all I got. Absolutely. All right. Let's uh, give her socials and get the heck out of here for this week's one fall show. Justin, where can people find you? All over social media at JV underscore sports underscore talk or sports talk.com. What about you, Shawnee? Find me at uh, one fall show on Twitter and at Shawnee.constant on Instagram. That's right. One fall show still on Twitter. Unlike some people, uh, you could also, uh, Nate, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Nate Benderama on Twitter, as well as streaming live over at twitch.tv slash limit break radio. Make sure you check out the one fall show super universe mode. We had some really great matches this week. Check that out on Twitch and YouTube. Yeah, Super Universe Mode has been fire the last couple of weeks. I missed last week, but I caught up on the video on demand on our YouTube channel. And holy shit. So definitely check that. Tables match like you've never seen. Exactly. Check that stuff out. My name's Chuck Bean. I've been your host. It's been an honor and a pleasure. And you can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash C-H-Z-U-C-K, as well as on the Nerd Radio podcast and on the Talk Horror to Me podcast with Mr. Shawnee Constant. Uh, Have yourself a great time. Watch some wrestling this week. Find something you enjoy and meet us back here for another week of the One Fall Show next week. All right. Anything? uh, Oh, you got any titles? I sure do. Uh, All right. So I'm going to run these down real quick. Uh, We got, uh, I'm vaguely prepared, Chuck. Uh, uh, Nate can't pay attention to shit for shit. Uh, stop treating NXT like the minors. More kicking to the main roster. Uh, you might have to work on that one phonetically. That one just tickled me. So sorry. Sometimes this is all about me in, in these titles. So fuck it. Uh, the lights go out. <laughs> the lights go out. We know America. it's thing, damn it. Um, none of us care about Goldberg. We don't give a damn about Bork or Goldberg. Remember when Goldberg almost <laughs> killed Mark Calloway? <laughs> that one, I mean, even though we don't touch on that a lot, I thought that was just very funny. It's, a, it's, it's, uh, an, eye grab, it's an eye-grabbing title, I think. <laughs> it is. Um, Cesaro to AEW confirmed. And then lastly, w- one of my personal favorites from today, Tai Chi and his punchable Joey Buttafuoco face. <laughs> <laughs>